Hare Krishna. Radha Madhava Jagunja Hare Gopichana Vallabha Jagiri Banadhari Welcome to Radical Chandi Srimad Bhagavatam class. Today we're reading from the twelfth canto, uh, from chapter number. It's uh, chapter eleven, a summary description of the Mahapurusha, and we're beginning with text number eighteen. Mahapurusha. This name is very interesting. It's very similar to um, Mahaprabhu, which is Lord Chaitanya, generally referred to as Lord Chaitanya. And text number 18. If you please repeat. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Bhagavan Bhaga Sabdartam. Hey, it's on, I've got wrote it up, or the devotees wrote it up on the board here. You guys want to repeat after me? Bhagavan Bhaga Sabdartam. Leela Kamalam Udvahan. Dharmanya Shascha Bhagavan. Chamara Vyajane Bajat Chamara Vajane Bajat 
Bhagavan Bhagasabdartam Lila Kamalam Udvahan Dharmanya Shascha Bhagavam Chamara Vyajanai Bhajat You guys you guys want to try it? Please, Sam, go ahead. Bhagavan Bhagasap Shabdartam Lila Kamalam Udvahan Dharman Yashascha Bhagavamsh Chamara Vajane Pajat. Really good, Sam Pradaya. Bhakti Steve, you want to try it? Oh, I see. Okay, so here, word for word, Bhagavan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Bhagashabda, of the word Bhaga. Do you guys know what Bhaga means? Like Bhagavan? So Bhagavan, we're saying Supreme Personality of God, but Bhaga means, according to Parashara Muni, he's the father of Srila Vyasadeva who wrote this. He was a great scholar also, sage and scholar. And Bhaga means opulence. And Van means the possessor. So it's a definition of God. Just like we have the name of the president, right? Donald Trump. And then we have the, the secondary name or the position, the, the, the president of the United States. So in the same way, we have Krishna which is the Lord's personal name. And then we have the position of Krishna, which is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, or Bhagavan. So Bhaga, or opulences, are divided into six categories. Do you guys know what those categories are? What things do you guys like about in the world? Is there anything that interests you in the world? You like Japan? You like sushi, the Japanese? You don't like their food. <laughs> you like the country. <laughs> you like vegetables. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. What about you, Bhakti Steve? Anything that you like in this world? You like water. Okay, very nice. Water. Yes, Krishna says, I am the taste of water. So... There's six different categories that divide up everything in this world. One of them is power or strength, right? Some people ride bicycles fast so they can develop their strength, right? Have you seen Steve riding around the neighborhood on his bicycle? He's really fast. I've officially given him the new name Bhakti Speedy. Okay, what about... So there is power. What else attracts you in this world? Do you guys go to work and be paid nothing? No, you go to work if we, for money. So we want wealth, right? Everybody wants some money in their wallet, right? What's that saying? What's in your wallet? (laughs) 
<laughs> don't worry, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> and what else do we like to see? Beauty. We want to see beauty. Yes. Radha and Krishna are so beautiful. That's why we come to the temple to see them. But the difference between spiritual beauty and material beauty is what? One is material, one is spiritual. So material beauty is temporary, right? Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of beautiful women out there, but when they get older, what happens? Their physical beauty is withdrawn from them, even against their will. They might be beautiful people, loving people, but the physical beauty is withdrawn. So material beauty is temporary, spiritual beauty is eternal. But there's another big reason that it's different. Bhakti Steve, do you know the reason? What's the difference between material beauty and spiritual beauty? We just said that. Yes, spiritual beauty is eternal. Material beauty is temporary. But there's another reason. Material beauty is a product of the mode of passion. So when we look at material things that are beautiful, we become influenced by the mode of passion. And the mode of passion... Ends in what? It seems like nectar in the beginning, but what in the end? Death. Death, yes. It ends in poison. Right? It ends in misery. Because everything in the material world is torn away from us against our will. So material beauty ends in misery and it's a product of the mode of passion. Passion always ends in misery. Seems good in the beginning, ends in misery. It ends up as misery in the end. But spiritual beauty, it frees us from the modes of material nature and it lets us become joyful. Lets us become free from lust, anger, and greed which cloud up our heart and make us miserable and filled with desires that can never ultimately be fulfilled. So seeing Krishna, the power of worshiping the deities is wonderful because it allows us to get free from the cycle of birth and death, from the modes of material nature, from the miserable existence of temporary life. Okay, so that's three. We have power, we have wealth, we have beauty. So there's three more. Three more things. Anything else attract you in this material world? Steve, anything attract you? We talked about power, wealth, beauty, anything else. Why do we go to school? For knowledge. People like to know things. They want to know how to free themselves from problems. They want to know how to make money. They want to know how to stay young. They want to know all, everything they can to improve their lives. How to build a better home. How to have a better environment. How to make, you know, their position, improve their position. How to get nicer clothing, nicer everything. So knowledge is so important. 
So what's the difference between spiritual knowledge and material knowledge? Sampradaya. What's the difference between material knowledge and spiritual knowledge? Yes, so spirit, material knowledge is, deals with temporary things, and spiritual knowledge deals with eternal things. So what's the benefit of having spiritual knowledge? If you base your happiness upon things that never end or never change, you'll always be happy. If you base your knowledge on temporary things, Yes, we need some knowledge in this world. It's not that the devotees shouldn't pursue a higher education, but we have to also learn how to utilize that higher, that material knowledge in a spiritual way. That's the culture of, of Krishna consciousness. That's the culture of yoga. How to take everything and use it in a spiritual way. Steve, can you give one example of how Material knowledge used in a spiritual way benefits us. It helps us sleep, that's for sure. <laughs> if you guys have a problem sleeping, all you have to do is read a little bit about spiritual <laughs> knowledge and you'll go right to sleep. <laughs> No, really. <laughs> it works. <laughs> Try it sometime. <laughs> See, the reason that we're falling asleep during Bhagavatam class, or we're just falling asleep all the time, the reason is, one, we're over-endeavoring for mundane things that are difficult to achieve, so we're all exhausted. And two, we think about spiritual things far away from us. There's no real benefit from this, you know, like, what's Krishna going to give me anyway? What's this man going to give me? (laughs) And then we get frustrated, right? I want so much sense gratification and this guru is telling me no. (laughs) I don't like him. (laughs) I don't like the devotees. (laughs) They make me feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you see that's because we're, we don't feel the benefit of Krishna's of Krishna consciousness because we are so dull we are so covered by the material energy you see so we need to purify ourselves what does it mean to purify we were reading about that yesterday initiation helps to purify us right so what does that mean Purification means that when in my heart, I'm just thinking, how can I please Krishna? I'm not thinking about myself. I'm not thinking about how much money can I get from Krishna, how much recognition I can get from the devotees, how much, you know, material opulence, what new car can I get? When we clear all of those desires and thoughts from our heart, and we just, in our heart, think about how can I please Krishna, then our consciousness is pure. And what's the beauty of that? What's the advantage of that? We actually experience love. And that's what we're hankering for at every moment. <laughs> but we're looking for it in all the wrong places, right? Rupanuga Prabhu likes to link, sing that song. Looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> oh my God.
Okay, what else do we have, guys? So we have, right, strength. We have wealth. We have beauty. We have knowledge. There's two more things. Why do people want to become movie stars and rock stars? Why do they drink that rock star caffeine drink? <laughs> huh? Why does everybody want to be a rock star? Did you want to be a rock star when you were younger? I thought you were a drummer. <laughs> Steve said there's a big difference between a rock star and a drummer. Okay, why do people want to become rock stars? Why do they want to become movie stars? Why do they want to become politicians? Why do they want to become recognized? So they can be famous, right? We want to be the center of everything. We want people to know about us, right? Recognize us. That's why people who become rich, they like to use their money for what? For showing off, for recognition. Even I had one friend, he's pretty rich, he told me, he tr keeps trying to give me money. I told him, look, you can, we can be friends without you giving me money. And he told me, I'm so used to buying all my friends, I, I just don't know how to deal with somebody that doesn't want money from me. We want to be famous, right? So we can be grab, get us so much attention. But what does it mean to be spiritually famous? Would you say Prabhupada was spiritually famous? Absolutely, right? We say that in the prayer we're singing every day, that he's glorified throughout the three worlds. Even the demigods, like Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma, they glorified the pure, devo pure devotees. The Bhagavatam is full of glorification of all these devotees. Why are we glorifying the devotees? Because they have real knowledge. And also, what they're giving themselves to us. They're, they're not asking anything in return. Prabhupada never charged the devotees for classes. He never charged anybody for teaching how to chant Hare Krishna. He never charged for prasadam. Right? Prabhupada was just showing love to everybody. He wasn't saying, look, I'll teach you how to chant Hare Krishna now. You pay me $25,000 and I'll teach you how to be God. <laughs> and what else we have? So we have fame. So the devotees become famous. Why? Because of their love for Krishna and their love for all living beings. They're not looking for fame. They're not looking for recognition. But people like to glorify pure devotees because pure devotees are loving. They have our well-being at mind. They're not thinking, they're not looking at us as the next victim. <laughs> the next victim for their sense gratification. <laughs> okay, we have fame. And what is the sixth quality that distinguishes Bhagavan, right? 
We have right strength. We have knowledge. We have beauty. We have uh, what was the other one? Fame. And we, we said one more knowledge. Okay. And now there's a sixth one. What's the sixth one? Renunciation. How is renunciation and opulence? Does that mean all the sannyasis or brahmacharis are richer than everybody else? <laughs> huh, you guys? What does that mean? What? <laughs> How is renunciation and opulence? That means one understands what's really important in life. That's a wonderful definition. I really like that, Steve. <laughs> I hope you can go even faster on your bicycle today just for that answer. <laughs> yes, but renunciation also is an opulence because if you have problems, right, rather than getting entangled in these problems in the material world, you could just... Walk away from them, right? Just like I saw once, Jayadvaita Maharaj, somebody was criticizing him and complaining about what he had said, and Maharaj said, no comment. This is real renunciation. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Sometimes we actually become happy by not speaking to another. (laughs) So, now we have these six opulences. Vaan means the possessor of these opulences. So, if we look at these opulences, even in the material world, we find that we don't possess these things. A, a young man might have be strong, but when he gets old, that strength is withdrawn from him. So, it's described, that, or like a young woman, we were saying this, that she's very beautiful, but when she becomes old, her beauty is withdrawn from her. Or someone might be very rich and then suddenly the stock market collapses and they're very poor. So the point I'm making is that we aren't the actual possessors of these things. These qualities are being invested within us. Just like the moonshine is not actually the moonshine, but it's the sun reflected off the moon. So in the same way, everything is Krishna or God's energy being reflected or invested within everything else. And it can be withdrawn at any moment. So that's what Bhagavan means. That's anybody who possesses all opulences, controls them, is the proprietor of them, that's God. Just like Prashadam, right? You guys want breakfast now? <laughs> Steve is renouncing Prashadam. Why? You don't have to renounce Prashad. That's Krishna's mercy. The things that we should be attached to, we're not, we're renouncing. And the things that, <laughs> and the things that are giving us so much misery, we're becoming attached to. <laughs> you see? Prabhupada wrote a book, Who's Crazy? Have you guys ever read that? <laughs> We're all attaching ourselves to the things that are driving us crazy, that are making us miserable, that are temporary, that are an over-endeavor for us. That's the stuff we're getting attached to. And Krishna's prashadam, Krishna's darshan, Krishna's holy name, all of that we're renouncing. 
in the name of being happy. Okay, so here we go, gentlemen. Play, playful, playfully carrying a lotus, which represents the various opulences designated by the word baga, which we just discussed. The Supreme Lord accepts service from a pair of Chumra fans, which are religion and fame. Did you know that these white Chumra fans represent religious religion and fame? In India, only the deities or a great king or queen would be fanned with a Chamra fan, nobody else, or a spiritual master representing Krishna. So next verse here. Oh. It says here, O Brahmanas, the Lord's umbrella is his spiritual abode, Vaikuntha, where there is no fear. And Garuda, who carries the Lord of Sacrifice, is the threefold Vedas. Do you know when Garuda flaps his wings, the Hare Krishna mantra comes that's from the sound of his wings flapping? So the next verse is a long purport, you guys. I'm going to save it for tomorrow. That's text number 20. Okay? So thank you very much. I hope you everybody has a wonderful day. You guys got any questions or comments? Okay, thank you so much for letting me laugh a little bit. With I hope you guys were laughing along with me. If not, I hope you do laugh at me then. Hare Krishna. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.